Rue sat down and I think she must have been a little hoarse. It was early in the morning. She asked for a cup of hot water and she sipped the hot water and went, mm, that is so good. And I leaned over to her and I went, if you like that, I have got a recipe for some ice water <laughs> that I think you would love. Fears, 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 weather, fears, food, fears. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Joey Nolfi, Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter. And I am Entertainment Weekly's news director, Jillian Cedarholm. And much like Sugar and Michelle Visage, I am also used to living, or at least podcasting, in someone else's shadow. But it's mostly because I really try to stay out of the sun. (laughs) Why do you look so good in those jeans? Well, as Michelle Massage's third ball, I would hope that you don't see the sun too much. In honor of recapping the season 15 reunion episode in which Princess Poppy resurrected season one queen Rebecca Glasscock's iconic jeans and t-shirt entrance look purchased from a local mall. Today, we reunite from inside the very first recording location that Jillian and I ever visited all the way back on the beloved, storied, iconic, and cherished EW's Binge podcast where we recapped season one from the bathroom stall that Miss Glasscock escaped into to cry during the MacViva Glam Challenge. Jillian and I have now slipped on a pair of lavender and green headsets we stole from Sugar and Spice to record this episode back in our favorite stall. And yes, we're both wearing jeans for the occasion. What's your name, darling? Rebecca Glasscock. Oh my God. Pleasure. Nice meeting you, darling. Where are you from? Joey, it's even snugger in this stall than I remembered, but I think I found some graffiti on the door from our last recording session. Can you read what that says? Yeah, let me wait. Let me get a let me get a closer. It says, Ooh, I love that drink. <laughs> I don't want to imagine where they Hopefully straw written after in someone the took a nice bowl. big gulp out of the toilet. <laughs> what is the drink that they're yes. drinking in the toilet? <laughs> Someone dropped a hot acai in the um, in the toilet bowl, and they are sipping up that excellence. But before Rebecca Glasscock reclaims her stall for another cry break, let's recap the supersized season fifteen reunion special to break down which queens really were in their screen time eras and who should have been crying maybe for a little bit more attention. And Rebecca Glasscock. to open the episode we are reacquainted with this season's cast of 16 queens who each get their own brief intro with a real housewives style tagline which i thought was pretty fun although a few did fall kind of flat But before we get into our favorites from the queens, I have basically given myself a tagline during every episode of this podcast. But Joey, (laughs) what would yours be? I have two. Um, My first one would be Jillian Cedarholm does not watch Real Housewives. (laughs) And my my second one would be my father fucked Marlena Dietrich's favorite drag queen's least favorite drag queen. (laughs) (laughs) Layers. We do need a confirmation because in the notes for this week's podcast, Jillian put placeholder reactions for whatever improv jokes I was supposed to come up with as meh or haha. <laughs> so that was that was a confirmed haha. It was a confirmed a confirmed haha. Congratulations. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> We'll we'll see where the rest of the episode takes us. But Joey, which queens do we think had the most memorable taglines during the reunion? Um. Okay. So I had two. Obviously, Princess Poppy. I'm immediately like, okay. And I just need to say this first and foremost. Like, I have been championing Princess Poppy for months, saying that she's a comedic genius. That I thought that her little thing when she stepped off the stage during the Diana Ross lip sync was amazing and funny and. You are all just catching up to Princess Poppy now, but I need to say that I staked my claim all the way back in January. Um, so welcome to the club, everybody. But I think that hers <laughs> was hilarious. I'm quitting drag. You're welcome. 
Um, even though you can hear all about why she's not quitting drag in our interview that we did with her last week. But then my second favorite was Irene, who said, I might have gone home first, but I'm also a bitch. <laughs> yes, that one I think was my number one, followed by Poppy, which yes. I think just like in combo with the outfit had my heart. Um, and then I also did appreciate Marsha's, if you come for me, I will apologize immediately. Oh, yeah, that I thought, was really I thought funny. that it was about to be such a traditional you know, bitchy type of thing. And then yes. the, I will apologize immediately. It was so funny. Oh, I thought I laughed out loud at that too. I actually forgot about that one. Yeah, that would be my my number three. And who would have thought, like if you would have asked me before the reunion who would have had like the best opening, I might've said Irene, I might've said Poppy, but Marsha I would not have expected to be on that list. But yes, that was really funny what she said. Yes, the self-awareness we appreciate. Well, past reunions have given us iconic looks like Cornbread's ankle recreation of Willow Pill's entrance look, which was inspired by my tweet and was never credited on air. (laughs) So we just have to give credit to me. Um, Yuhua also was the girl from The Ring. And Alaska also pulled out a surprise prosthetic leg. Since we are dedicating today's podcast episode to Rebecca Glasscock, I think we are in agreement over which look gagged us quite a bit for sure uh but what were the biggest standouts to you jillian outside of uh the rebecca glasscock realness yeah i think for the most part i was slightly underwhelmed because i do Mm -hmm. like when people go for really gaggy things over glam although i can understand if you haven't been around for a while like you want to look your best um but i think the other one that i appreciated the most was probably selena's which i did not clock at first until afterwards and i was like oh my god yes that is john leguizamo in Mm -hmm. to wong fu that's what a great reference for her yeah how about you no i loved hers yes i loved hers too i think i mean Poppy's hands down is one of my favorite reunion looks ever. It will go down in Drag Race history. But I think it was just funny that it wasn't even referenced. Like, do we think that RuPaul knew that that's what Poppy was doing? Oh, do we think RuPaul knew? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if RuPaul knew. Well, because RuPaul, I mean, wouldn't have, wouldn't have, like, wasn't in the, no, well, wait. RuPaul would have gone into the workroom in the first episode to give them their challenge. So, no, I can't let her off the hook by saying RuPaul never saw that unless she watches her own show. So, I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> yes. And, well, I, I am just thinking, like, RuPaul probably just thought this woman is walking in here in a t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> Somebody had to explain it to her. I mean, do we think RuPaul but remembered thought- Princess Poppy? It's been a while and there's a lot Ru- of queens this season. Oh, that's true. Did RuPaul <laughs> even remember Princess Poppy? <laughs> Maybe not. Um <laughs> I also loved, as I think Irene has proven on Instagram with all of her looks that didn't make the show. I mean, her look was probably fashion-wise my favorite one of the episode. And then I also really like Sugar and Spice for giving their reference as Isabel and Lizzie from the Lizzie McGuire movie. Yes. And also Sasha Colby was referencing as well. She was referencing herself. She did a sort of re-upped version of her lip sync outfit from the uh, Lip Sync Smackdown episode. Oh, so I don't think I even I, clocked that. Yeah, it's like they, she has like she just changed a, a few elements here and there. But um, yeah, so even Sasha was referencing. So all of the basically my answer is all of the looks that we're referencing plus Irene. So that means that you are including Amethyst if that was a reference to Rocket Raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know Marvel. I don't know her. <laughs> so I cannot confirm or deny if that was a reference because I don't know Marvel stuff. Well, was there a raccoon in Hocus Pocus? Your your one um, reference there, point. No, but we can just say oh, it the was raccoon from, from the Lindsay Lohan once. Netflix Christmas movie. <gasps> yes, surely that's a, what Amethyst was referencing. Falling for Christmas. Yes. yes, absolutely. We'll go with that. Okay, so now Amethyst is in the approved pile. Okay, good job, Amy. Uh, so drag race reunion episodes are a time for the airing of grievances from the petty to the explosive. This cast promised to not give us best friends race, but did we get resolution to some of the season's biggest mysteries and blowups? Let's go through the list of the most dramatic talking points and tutor boot them based on if we were left with our cup teacups filled. Let's start where Rue did, <laughs> Mistress Stealing. But instead of revealing any of her looted items, she just narks on Anitra for stealing a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> Not narks. 
Um, I'm going to boot this one because like I, I, this is what we have been asking of drag race for a while with them to like lean into these things that we don't see on camera, but then they just left it there and didn't push it any further. Like, yeah, yeah, mistress referenced that she, uh, stole the light bulb, but like everybody who pays attention to social media knows what mistress stole, but they didn't say it. Yeah. Mistress has been talking about looting this set practically and yes. like did nothing and rupaul was the one that asked it and obviously had a good sense of humor about it so why yeah. not either give a super exaggerated answer or give us the real answer yeah whatever well, are you tooting or booting or are you booting as well oh yeah so it's a boot it's a boot for me okay well the gals then discuss the ongoing fights over second place with mistress saying it really does matter because fans note stats which she is not incorrect and they debate who really won certain face-offs throughout the season like tim gunn versus rosie o miller in snatch game <laughs> and mistress's lip sync against jacks which selena insists that jacks won um hmm I would, I would, oh God. Do we boot it? Because it was just like, we didn't really, no, I think this was fun. I'll toot it. Yeah, I'm also tooting it because I think it was at least like a couple people admitted that they, well, no, they, I think they fought again a little bit more over who who did or didn't. And then other people were like, no, I like totally agree with this or that. So I think that um, to me, it was, it wasn't like explosive drama, but it was at least a, a bit of fun. Yes. Malaysia also attempted to explain why she chose Marsha over Mistress to lip sync against in the Lala Perusa, which had something to do with assuming Mistress was lying about a song <laughs> choice. She also said that Selena is the one, the singer Selena is the one that sang um, My Heart Will Go On. Wait, is yes! that now I'm mixing up the songs? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I really could not follow this, but I think just the fear, the pure confusion over it, I guess I will toot just because I, oh, I was living Tooting, tooting, tooting. Anything with Malaysia trying to explain things, yes, tooting <laughs> it for sure. Mistress being like explaining the song choice that she would have made. This was so much fun. It was a, a very nice reunion moment. So I am tooting, almost shooting this moment. <laughs> but we also had the Kai Kais. I mean, amethyst and robin get asked about their past romance again uh after they have both gone on social media like many many times to be like we are very sick of talking about this because it was not as serious as it was you know made out to look like um we learn that poppy though was crushing on aura and it seems reciprocated but then anora aura is like (laughs) i'm now (laughs) i'm engaged y'all um so I'm going to boot this one just because, like I said, Amethyst and Robin, it does not seem like they like talking about this. And they've both been very vocal about not talking about this because it was sort of blown out of proportion. And it's been we didn't learn anything new with this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to boot it. Yeah, we got Amethyst and Robin had very little presence really in the reunion or, you know, we're not yeah. given the opportunity. And so the one thing that they are asked about is this thing that they this obviously – are sick of talking about and doesn't seem like it's going to be a fun (laughs) answer ever. So I'm booting that the poppy and aura thing was like a little more fun to me. So maybe a, the, the lightest little dude. Yeah. I'll toot that one because that that was anytime we got princess poppy screen time. I mean, I am all here for it. So yeah, I'm going to toot that part of it. Yes. Um, then we get into the gates. So metal gate is the gays. The, (laughs) Not this again, the, from the Prolapse <laughs> podcast. The <laughs> the gays. The gays podcast. So for, the, for, for the first time on Drag Race Herstory, we talk about the gays. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Joey J. Metal Gate, where the fight for who got metal led to a huge clash and untucked with Malaysia using the B word bullied, uh, which she says she now regrets just because she knows that is a triggering word for people did you mm-hmm. feel that you had more resolution to the drama after the reunion than we've already gotten on this own podcast talking about it with yeah, was, both people i was involved. gonna say yes i was gonna say we're gonna boot just for the pure <laughs> sake of sending people to ew's quick drag podcast earlier in the year where we covered this very topic and several many others that were brought up <laughs> on the reunion um including our photos of robin in best buy drag which we 
premiered exclusively. Uh, Agree. Many, many months ago. Um, but yes. So I'm going to boot that one just because it has been, again, like covered many, many times. And uh, yeah, it just didn't seem like we got any sort of new insight here. I understand that it's important to bring up and they need to talk about it. Um, and just to clarify, we are not tooting and booting the queens themselves here. This is just like, you know, whether this was a reunion moment that was fully flesh out upon i guess in a satisfying manner yes beyonce baby bump gate was next in which lucy now admits lux was right that having zero hint of belly on the runway while recreating queen bee's pregnancy reveal look was confusing uh but she was appalled that lux accused her of cinching because that is her naturally flat tummy so are we tooting booting not caring I'm tooting. I thought it was at least Lucy gave us an answer to it that she now regrets it. Although then she brought up that, or they had the back and forth over the the precise wording of it. Um, mm. But I guess it's a it's a toot for me. Yeah, um, yeah. And Lucy also had some really fun tweets about this too. So did Lux at the time. Um, so I think it was one of them like photoshopped Beyonce. They did like that little stick photoshopping where they just like squeeze everything into like what looks like a centimeter sized stomach for Beyonce. Uh-huh. I thought that was really funny. So our next gate is wig gate in which Lux claimed that her entrance wig was 40 inches, which Irene immediately called BS on. We waited all season for someone to pull out a tape measure, yes, which Irene did. does at the reunion, but the wig wasn't there. And Lux only offered that Irene could measure these legs but does also admit to rounding up lightly. <laughs> so was this a tutor? I, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to give this a boot. I wanted an actual, like she admits to rounding up, but I needed, I wanted the wig there. Like, I don't think it's like a huge scandal. I think it's a very fun, dramatic moment we could lean into, but I needed oh, the I'm, wig to make an appearance. I'm tooting the whole thing because it is just square in line with that signature Lux like brand of confidence slash delusion that everybody has been losing their minds over the entire season. <laughs> I loved it. She knew that this was happening. She didn't bring a wig. She knew someone was going to have some measuring tape and we still decided to diplomatically discuss it in other ways without the evidence in question. It is brilliant chaos. I loved it. Toot. I, I would have rather her pull out like a double the length, like the longest wig anyone's ever seen. In that actually years. would have been funny too. That actually would have been really funny. Yeah. But no, I liked this one. So Lucy also got called out by Rue for saying that she was really fucking pissed to be safe, which Ms. DeLuca chalks up to too many cocktails and being in her feels and then gets called out for not being able to let loose, including by Amethyst, who says back in their days in Connecticut clubs, Lucy talked about wanting to go on the show and win every challenge. I, I'm going to, again, give this whole moment a toot just because... I think Lucy truly has been staying true to everything that I I think it's all consistent. I think that she does not shy away for when she does get sort of these things get brought up, which she also did in our interview a few weeks ago. When we talk about this stuff, she's like, yeah, I was I I wanted to win. I wanted to like in who it would be more bullshit if she was like, yeah, no, I didn't really want to win that. Like, what do people want her to say? I don't get it. Like she, I, she was, she's being fully honest in all of this. So yeah, I thought that this was, I liked to see that she doubled down on it and gave the exact same consistent answer that she's been giving all season. Yeah. I mean, I, I will give this a toot. I thought it was fun that we got into it, that the Queens were calling her out in a, in a loving way. I felt of, you know, that she was um, singing about letting loose, but had never been more rigid um, so I thought, I thought it was fun and I thought it gave her the opportunity to explain it yet again to the fans who have been giving her a little bit of too hard of a time. Um, so then yeah. the Queens got into some drama over the dreaded who should go home and why question, which also involved Lucy, who says she was upset with Lux for saying that her drag is generic, but they disagree on the actual phrasing of what Lux said on the runway. Um, <sighs> I guess, I don't know, I guess I'll give this a toot because this was them airing something of the grievances, but it was still like a little uh, cringy, uncomfortable type of reunion drama for me. Yeah, 
I, it wasn't really that notable of a moment. I think we could sort of really already hashed this out so much. I think this is what the problem that the reunion is running into, um, at least in, in recent seasons, is that these things are just so heavily litigated on social media already and in exit interviews that we do that it's just like a lot of it feels a little old news by the time it hits the reunion. So that is the only reason that I'm going to boot this is, you know, again, I think both queens were staying true to what they've said, but it's just that we've heard it before. So um, that's the only reason why I'm booting it is because it's been sort of litigated already. But some new information that we got in a discussion uh, between Irene and Mistress uh, about reads and an accusation about Mistress telling her that Lucy said Irene's face was sagging. I, I was I was trying to read into everybody's demeanor when they were saying this. I was trying to take notes on how they were reacting and, and I cannot for the life of me tell who was lying here. Um I have a feeling it might be mistress, but I actually don't even care who's lying and telling the truth because this was a really fun and funny moment because mistress never was like I didn't say that. Lucy was like multiple times like I didn't say that mm-hmm. and mistress just kept talking around it in really endearing ways. <laughs> And that little laugh that mistress does when she knows that she is in trouble, like she kind of like puts her head back and her eyes go up and she like puts her hands in front of her face. I, yeah. Mistress is the funniest person on the face of this planet. And I give this a shoot this moment. This was the kind of reunion back and forth shadiness that I think we live for. Yeah, I agree. This was one of my favorite moments. I was honestly living for Irene trolling everyone in this whole reunion, yes! getting her digs in. Um and then this whole thing was so convoluted, but it really does seem like the kind of silly lie that Mistress does all the time. And then, like, and she says it in such yes. a like serious way that you can't <laughs> tell. She's joking. Even RuPaul at one point was like, "Are you serious about whatever it was?" Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I thought this was really fun. And I mean, Lucy seemed to like kind of take issue with like somebody saying something so that she had said something so mean, and so you know, I wouldn't want fans to come after her thinking that she had done this but it didn't seem like something irene would super care about either knowing irene's right. personality so i thought it was very fun <laughs> uh finally when mama rue asked if there was anything else anyone wanted to get off their chest amethyst declared the baby she had in her backpack during her talent show had gone missing and asked who had it anitra replied <sighs> It's in her closet because she had apparently been planning to rip apart its limbs to use the doll arm to do Kristen Wiig as her famous baby-handed Dunice character on SNL for Snatch Game instead of Gorgina Ramsey. So I think I misspoke when I said the last thing was the last item on our list was the reunion moment for me. This was like the funniest reunion moment, I think, for me. This so is this really is my funny. shoot. Yes, this was very, very funny. And I also give it a toot. But I just wish that Anidra had done Dunis for yes. a Snatch Game. But I wonder if there is the same sort of copyright thing as to why they can't do certain like storybook or film or... Uh, I love the storybook was the first thing I went <laughs> to there. Um, like movie or TV characters. My favorite storybook character, Dunis. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but she said but he said that she was planning to do Kristen Wig. Like Kristen I'm now Wig. putting my SNL explainer know-it-all knowledge that I've used so many times on this podcast to explain who she is. But so I think that was their way around it. So yeah, I really don't understand. It seems like one of those where but it feels like that would be something RuPaul would also be into because it was also yeah. a sketch about the Lawrence Welk show, which just feels like it would be in RuPaul's pop cultural knowledge database. Yeah. So I don't get it because I was thinking, you know, RuPaul probably hated her first pick and just said, why don't you do Gorgina Ramsey? But I don't know. Why not do Kristen Wiig? It seems crazy. I know. Yeah. Well, another reunion tradition is allowing queens who went home early the chance to read their sisters literally when it came to Spice also volunteering to read Sugar. We also saw unaired footage from the actual reading challenge. So what were our favorite new reads? 
So my biggest takeaway, I think, from the unaired footage of the actual reading challenge was they cut a lot of Selena's oh, reads they cut out. A lot of Selena's she, reads her out. Her, she I was, was laughing really a funny. lot. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, like the difference between mistress and a brick. A brick gets laid. Like just yes. so many like really funny quips, and I'm like, why well, don't remember what she ended up looking like in the reading challenge? But I was like, oh, she really deserved more. Um, yeah, and I did also. I don't know for the read of it, but I liked the like learning the knowledge that Lucy said Amethyst had, I think it was quote unquote express interest in being her like part of her drag family or something like that during one of her <laughs> reads. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. I wonder what happened there. I I really loved when Selena called Marsha Blair St. Clair. That mm-hmm. was really funny. And then I also really, I think my favorite one was sugar reading Irene saying that she only lasted one episode, but still got more screen time than Robin. <laughs> Oh yeah, which was I guess reading Robin reading, and reading not Irene, Robin. but yeah, but yeah, that was I thought that was really funny too, but also super kind of sad because um, we really deserved more Robin or Robin Fierce deserved more screen time this season because yes. Robin is incredible and uh, hopefully we'll get to see her on All Stars at some point. Yes, and and more than just a Best Buy saleswoman. <laughs> So this brings us to a newer reunion tradition, the Golden Boot Award, which we first got in season 13, thanks to La La Ree's iconically bad bag ball look, being deserving of more than just a regular boot. The following season, the award went to Maddie and Daddy Morphosis for her patchwork quilt of a gown on the Glamazon Prime runway. Maddie and Daddy, now in his glowed-up poppy era, Return to pass it on, this time to Selena Estides for her street signs and lamp headdress look from the Metallica runway. Do we feel Selena's look deserved to receive this award? I think we had actually mentioned it on a previous podcast, but also said that we didn't know if we really wanted her to get it, maybe deserved, but... Well, this is the thing. I I think that this has turned into a compliment because it's... It's looks that are bad, but affectionately dubbed bad. And these are now iconic looks. I mean, Maddie returned in a patchwork quilt dress inspired by her look. Lala rides the bag look as, you know, many times as she can. It, it, it's, it's, it's all in fun and secures them more screen time for the next reunion. So I don't think it's anyone taking this as a bad thing. It's all in good fun. It's not someone saying like, oh, you're a piece of shit. We hate everything you do. Here's an award for it. It's like celebrating this campy, funny, fun spirit of doing memorably bad looks on RuPaul's Drag Race. And it's given and accepted with a smile. So I think, yeah, I would rather have this than, you know, a safe runway package that nobody ever really talks about again after my time on drag race so uh, yeah i'm glad that we'll see we we now will for sure see selena at next year's reunion so i'm all for it okay well that's a good point um it seemed slightly mean-spirited to me to present this look to someone who to a look that someone brought with them and had designed paid for versus something that was whipped up in a day like Maddie's and Lala's. I think you can have more humor with, well, yeah, like I, you know, I kind of knew this was bad anyway and it is what it is versus Selena legitimately loved her look, like posed with it, said she had been inspired by uh, like an art sculpture um, so I guess to me, it's like, you know, like if you're very proud of your work and then someone's like, well, we're giving you this award for it being like comically bad to us and you get to, you know, ha- like have more screen time because of it and you get to show up next year because of it, but still they're saying something that you loved was bad. So I guess to me, that hurts my feelings a little bit on Selena's behalf. I don't know. I. I feel like I'd be more offended if somebody was like, oh, something you personally made and constructed with your own hands is worse than something that you paid somebody else to make. Hmm. I don't know. I'm a person who, who really struggles in crafting. So like Jillian, if you, if, if you for my birthday were to give me a handcrafted RuPaul Build-A-Bear that you made in Mm -hmm. your apartment and i said oh wow this gets the golden boot award and or i said that about the actual rupaul build-a-bear 
that you got me for my birthday would and I said, oh, this gets the Golden Boot Award, which one would offend you more? Yeah, no, I think this proves my my point entirely. If I handcrafted it and you said this is a Golden Boot Award, I would recognize how comically bad of a job it I did because I just know that like if it was a Lala Ree or Maddie Morphosis level thing, I would be able to recognize this is like this, you know, one of the eyes is on its neck, like it, it's a mess. And that would be like very funny to me. And I like it doesn't mean that you don't like it. But if I had bought you a expert made thing that I paid money for to make this bear. And then you were like, Oh, this is my golden boot gift of my birthday. I would be like, Oh, <laughs> like, yikes. Okay. Yeah, no, I get that. Well, overall though, do we think that any of the Queens won the finale? Like anyone who we were surprised or disappointed to not hear from as much as well, because I saw a tweet that said that mistress treated the reunion like a maxi challenge. And that is extremely accurate. I think she would have won alongside maybe Irene Lux and Lucy all placing second to high safe third. (laughs) Yes. I think that's precisely what I think. Um, Yeah. But I mean like Rue, like for the very first question, it was about mistress and like majority of the questions it seemed like were directed at her. And when they weren't, she jumped in anyway. So um, I think she definitely won the reunion challenge i was very sad to i mean i think like a a great thing about some of the reunions past especially the ones where they had the queens come out before the final four so they definitely had a little more time um i think we really were missing other than irene making sure to interject constantly we were missing hearing more from someone like robin um someone like princess selena And then Selena, who we did, you know, have on the season and I thought was like the narrator of the season. And I just love her personality so, so much really faded into the background completely at this reunion. I would have I I really going in was like, oh, like we're going to get Selena at this reunion for sure. And then we sadly did not. Yeah, I was sad about that, too. And she looked very uncomfortable. She looked like she was upset at a lot of the things that were being said, but also And I'm not sure if it was editing or she just didn't say much, but it was really sad because Selena is such a beautiful personality and is just naturally great TV. Like, I don't think Selena has to try to make great TV. She just is. And I was really sad that we didn't get to see more of her on this reunion. I thought that this would have been a really great place for her to shine. Um, But I also I just think that this reunion, even though it was two hours and like, you know, more drag races is great usually i just think it was maybe a little too long or at least not enough going on in certain moments i think it was a lot more like quantity than than quality i think i would have appreciated more discussion on specific moments than just touching lightly on a bunch of things and not going really in on them um and i hear jillian though there is a moment uh that you think sasha secured not winning the crown yeah, there, there was a moment that stood out for me as it might turn into Sasha's biggest regret. When, Why? When RuPaul points out that she's most drag queen's favorite drag queen, and the question is presented to her, but who's your favorite drag queen? And she, she didn't did not, say RuPaul. She did not say RuPaul. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that too. I was like, you better say RuPaul. Sasha. Whereas Lux in her head is like, RuPaul, 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 RuPaul. RuPaul, RuPaul, RuPaul. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Well, we shall see at next uh, week's finale. And we we've only got one more episode before season 15 is in our rear view. And RuPaul did tease here that we are getting four show stopping numbers and two queens lip syncing. So similar to last season's finale format, which I know was your hope for what we would get. Joey, do you have any big wishes for things that you want to see in the finale? Yeah, I think that I would love, I first of all, cannot wait to see what Willow Pill wears when she comes out to give the crown to whoever she is passing it to. I think that is going to be a moment that we all have come to really, really anticipate seeing what uh, the year's uh, reigning winner is wearing to present. I also really am looking forward to seeing how Mistress performs in a singular number because i think we've spent so much time getting to know and love mistress as the personality for fitting into reality tv and this is her chance to really show um what she can do as an artist on her own terms i know we got a little bit of that in the 
talent show challenge, but I think that this is really going to be a great stage for Mistress to shine and remind people why she is an amazing drag queen who can back up all of this fun shadiness with like pure talent at such a young age. So I'm very excited to see that. And the same for Sasha. I think that Sasha is really going to, for all of the children that are just falling in love with her on this show, I think it's going to be a real lesson in true drag excellence that has been honed over you know oh my god decades at this point so um i think that's going to be a huge moment when sasha has her individual number she is not going to let anybody down jillian you actually I, i would ask you what your hopes for the finale are but you actually were in attendance at the finale taping i know you can't give away any specifics about what you saw but is there anything that you can tease Yes, I can tease and I already sent you photographic evidence of this. The back of my legs were literally bruised <laughs> from the intensity of the standing ovations <laughs> that I was giving at this finale. Um, I think that there are definitely, I think show-stopping performances is apt for um, some of them. Um, there was definitely one performance that really, really... I've been thinking about since seeing it in person and I cannot wait to see it again because it just really blew me away. Um, so yeah, I think there is going to be a lot of, a lot of fun there. I'm excited to see how it all comes together in a, in a shorter package on TV. Um, but there are definitely some fun appearances too. So Jillian Closet's um, review of the finale. Fun. Fun. <laughs> great great we said the word Matt. fun nine times i will go into more details about what i'm what i'm speaking <laughs> about when we do our finale recap because i i'm a person who hates spoilers and i am not going to be giving away any true spoilers here but um yeah i think we'll i am gonna sp- to talk spoil about. something and say that jillian's bruised legs were actually caused by um mistress kicking her in the back of the legs so mistress (laughs) you have some answering to do (laughs) yes you heard it here first (laughs) that's it for our reunion recap but stay tuned for our catch-up with irene dubois who's spilling all the tea from the reunion including a discussion about her infamous selena reed and the moment they all saw princess poppy wearing rebecca glasscock realness for the first time Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's Quick Drag Podcast. And I don't know about you, but I'm still on the floor where I have been for several days now actually attempting to recover from the bombs that my next guest dropped on the RuPaul's Drag Race season 15 finale. And just like she said, she might have gone home first, but she's also a bitch and we love her for it. Here to once again prove why she deserves, I think, truly an entire season of TV dedicated solely to her. Please welcome back to the show, the iconic Irene Dubois. Hi, Irene. How are you? Hi, Joey. I'm excellent i just woke up and i'm so happy to be here oh you just woke up what were we doing last night just getting our beauty rest nothing salacious actually for once it was nothing salacious i went and saw sasha velour's uh new show the big reveal oh that's good and wholesome actually it was lovely it it was an incredible show um i made sure to take a couple mushrooms before i went so that i could really fully appreciate what it was she had to offer and I mean, uh, just had to go home and decompress from that. Yeah, I mean, it takes a full day to recover from Sasha Velour excellence. I'm so glad that you got to experience that. Um, hopefully you shared the mushrooms with Sasha, too. <laughs> I wish I could have shared them with Sasha. I didn't pay for the meet and greet, though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think this reunion episode, I really want to get into this with you because it was it was so much fun. And you and Mistress, 
I mean, you both really seemed to take control of a large portion of this two-hour episode. It was a lot of fun to watch you two. And as we all recall, you and Mistress definitely cut up together at the start of the season. So the first thing I want to ask you about this is, did you and Mistress or any of the other gals of the season talk beforehand about what you wanted to say or stir up heading into the reunion? I had no plans with any of the girls um, regarding you know, storylines or, you know, conflicts that we might try to stir up. Unfortunately, I just happen to be an incredible person when it comes to generating conflict all my yes. life. I've <laughs> sort of been surrounded by it. So um, I didn't really need to pre-plan it. It was not premeditated. I just sort of let my instincts take over and conflict will follow. I love that we're talking about this as if it's like a crime. You're like using words like premeditated conflict, like <laughs> the reunion was a crime scene. <laughs> Honestly, for some of those girls, it was uh, oh. murder in the first degree. <laughs> oh, we're going to get into it. We are going to get into it. Um, but one person who truly did slay me and should be charged with a crime is Princess Poppy, who came out in that recreation of Rebecca Glasscock's season one entrance look. So can you please take me back to the moment when you all saw this for the first time and what the sort of collective reaction was like when you all realized what she was doing? Yeah, I think mostly for the for most of us, the collective reaction was jealousy because we <laughs> were about to go film a reunion for eight hours. And I mean, I was sitting there in, you know, a leather bodysuit that was poking me in every direction and was deeply uncomfortable and I'm cinched for the gods. Poppy was in a T-shirt and jeans. I was just like, God, <laughs> this bitch's brain is so wrinkly for understanding that she's going to have to be there for so long. I have to say, I think what makes Poppy as an artist so captivating right now is that she has absolutely no desire to be doing the art. Mm -hmm. She, she in fact loathes it and wants nothing to do with it. And so every choice she makes is sort of in an effort to subvert that art and yeah. kind of say, fuck you to it, which is deeply captivating. Like the rest of us are trying so desperately to get just a little shred of the spotlight and this bitch wants nothing to do with it. And it ends up on her the most because of that. Well, she did. I, I, she was my guest on the podcast last week and we did talk about this. And she, uh, my favorite quote from her in that interview was she said completely seriously, she was just like, I don't want to be famous. I just want to fade into obscurity. And I was like, okay, work. Honestly, like this is, I, I've never talked to somebody who's come out of this show with that perspective. And I just wonder, could you sense that? maybe on the set on the first few days that she had a sort of different perspective from it than the rest of you? No, I, I think that part of the thing with being on the show for Poppy was discovering that she didn't want to be famous. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't think that she went into the show knowing that, but I think as soon as she got a little bit of taste, um, especially once the show started airing and she sort of got the backlash for the chapstick in the nose bit, um, yeah. She was like, you know what? I'm not built for this. I'm not the kind of person who needs to be in the spotlight. She's a deeply funny person. And I she said is. to her when we were filming the reunion, you know, I think that what you should be doing is writing for people who do want to be in the spotlight because you do have the chops. You just don't want to be the person representing your own material. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I fully get that. And I love that she came out of this with that sort of perspective. I'm glad she realized it. But that is a great, I think, career path for her. That would be because she is just like, she's so quick with it. And I just wonder what she would be able to do if she actually sat down and gave it time to write something out because she is so quick in the moment. Um but if I Mary really and Peter knew what was good for them, they would hire her to ghostwrite all of the haters roast. Oh, joke. my God. <laughs> yes. Just uh, the haters roast tour written by Princess Poppy. That's amazing. Because uh, let me tell you something about Princess Poppy. That is hater number one. <laughs> <laughs> she's also very like her Instagram comments. I feel like when I see her anytime she's writing something, it's always something really hilarious and clever. Or it's just top me, top me, top me, which is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, is honestly a pretty clever way to try to get topped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, just be straightforward about it. But that, um, I mean, the Rebecca Glasscock thing, it was so great. Do you remember what RuPaul's reaction was when Ru you all came out on the stage for the first time? Um, I, I sort of think that RuPaul probably thought that she was one of the story producers or part of the crew. <laughs> I, I don't think that it really resonated with Ru that she was even a contestant on the show until... Maybe about halfway through the reunion when she responded to a question and Rue was sort of like, wait a minute, what are you doing on stage? 
<laughs> oh, the shade against Poppy keeps coming. I love it. I love it. Um, the the biggest moment, though, I, that I think had people talking with with you was, I mean, first of all, your look was incredible. When I saw the oh, look, I was like, and your your line that we I referenced in my little intro was really great too. But um, I mean, the read for Selena, it had a lot of people talking when you said that she had a fake accent. And I did, I interviewed her on the podcast too earlier this year, and she spoke about being a person of color and sort of code switching her voice in certain situations that maybe she feels that like a white person couldn't understand. And she did react very pointedly to you reading her for that. So what was the, the energy like in the room after you said that? Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that moment to me um, was one of those things where, to answer your most recent question, the energy in the room was awkward. Um, Mm -hmm. It sort of sucked all the air out of the room. It was one of those things that I knew was going to be risky. Yeah. I I knew that as a joke, it was probably to some people going to seem inappropriate. Um, It was not I was not trying to come from a place of um, invalidating her experience or anything like that. I I noticed that in the show, in the confessionals, she was talking one way and in emotional moments, she would talk a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, when she when she found out she was in the bottom or something like that. And it seemed to me that it would be the kind of thing that uh, we could laugh about, but I also understand that maybe to me as a white person, I don't have the full understanding of what it really means to have to code switch. And so the humor that I see in it is probably, you know, is maybe not there for other people, especially people of color. I've seen comments online saying that it made people uncomfortable and that was not the intention. Yeah. And I I talked about it with Selena afterwards and let her know that, you know, if it made her feel a certain type of way that I... I was very sorry for that. And it it was not intended to do that. Um, My sense of humor was built on shows like South Park and Family Guy, which obviously, you know, there are a lot of jokes on those shows that just don't hold up in today's world. But I always sort of try to find the balance of making fun of people without making fun of things that they can't change about themselves. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it is one of those things that if I could go back, I probably would not have said. Mm-hmm. Well, t- so I am curious about the conversation that you had with her after. Did you have it actually at the, like when you guys were done filming, you you sort of pulled her aside and talked to her there? Yeah, we luckily had an opportunity in the dressing room that we all got ready in um, where it was just the two of us. There was no one else around and we could really have a conversation that didn't feel performative or, um, you know, like it was drama for other people to consume but really just to actually talk as people Mm -hmm. and what do you remember the first thing you said to her and how it sort of with the resolution that came out of that conversation well first i talked about some other things you know i wanted to sort of um test the water see how she was feeling because i could tell in the moment that she you know didn't she didn't like that read yeah and uh i i sort of wanted to make sure that she was even willing to talk to me and hear what i had to say because you know it's sometimes it's not easy to resolve conflict in the heat of the moment. I wanted to make sure that that the heat of that moment had sort of worn off. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were able to joke back and forth. And then I sort of said, Hey, you know, I I need you to, to know that that wasn't personal. And I just wanted to see if we're okay. And I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that um, there's also this element of, I, I mean, she did tweet afterwards saying that she she didn't necessarily go into the reunion in the best headspace. So I think there's, you know, there's degrees to which that read could have played um, if she was maybe in a different mood or or, or something. I, I just think that she was going through a rough time. So I'm glad she opened up about that. And I'm glad that you had the conversation with her after. Um, I also I want to move on to something else, though. Um, you also brought up. <laughs> This, this moment where um, Mistress allegedly told you that Lucy's face was sagging. So what what is the real tea here? Like, did, was, no, 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 no. Mistress told me that Lucy said that my uh, face right, was sagging. Right, 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 right. Yes, 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 yes. So what, um, like, yeah, what is the real tea here? I don't, I mean, I, the real tea is exactly what I said. She <laughs> got on the phone with me and, you know, said to me, 
after you left, Lucy said that it didn't even look like you'd had fillers and that your face was sagging. And I sort of was taken aback by that. You know, Lucy was in group two, so I didn't really get to spend a whole lot of time with her off camera. I didn't really know who she was at that point. And I was kind of shocked that she would say something like that. And then as the process went on and I got to know Lucy better, it sort of seemed like something really out of character for her to say. Mm -hmm. And I'm very, very close with one of Mistress's best friends and my drag daughter, Norvina Dubois. Yeah. They spend a lot of time together in Houston before Norvina moved to Seattle last year. And Norvina has said to me before, before this even happened, that one of Mistress's hobbies is something she calls playing scenes mm. where she just lies for fun. Yes. <laughs> and just sort of does it to see how people react. And sometimes she cops to it and sometimes she doesn't. I've seen her do it with other people. So once I knew all of that, it sort of felt like Mistress had been playing a scene and was doing it intentionally to make me dislike Lucy, which once I watched the show clicked why she would do that to Lucy. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to sort of bring it all out into the open. And I had never really had the chance to discuss it with both of them in the same room because to get both of them in the same room really requires a world of wonder contract. Mm -hmm. So I saw so, my moment and I took it. Yeah. Do you find it? So if mistress is playing a scene, do you find this, that would you have found that funny if mistress had been like, okay, yeah, I was lying this whole time just to stir some drama. If she had said that. Uh, I could definitely have a hell of a lot more respect for someone sort of being like, yeah, that's what happened. The, the reaction to it that she had in the moment was uh, not a reaction that I have a whole lot of respect for. Hmm. Okay. So maybe I misread this too. I would have thought that that would have been something that given the relationship that I think we saw with you and mistress on the show, I thought that maybe you would have, thought that that was funny but that is interesting to me that that yeah that that moment didn't sit well with you um so i'm sorry that that that, that happened oh it's not like it, it's one of those things that sort of um it's not that i'm like sitting here wringing my hands about it feeling horrible it was more so that i was just like oh wait that's the kind of person you are because i mean although mistress and i had good chemistry on the show we didn't really know each other going in mm -hmm. yeah I, I i just wonder if I mean, I know that, you know, there was there's like the first half of the season was I think the first half of the season played very differently than the second half of the season. And I know you were not around for the whole onset drama between, you know, Mistress Lux and Lucy. But after having spent time with everybody for so long, what is your take on sort of how that all went down? Like, do you think that there is validity to what? Lucy was saying about the whole situation or do you sort of tend to see it more from Lux and Mistress's side? Um, you know, I I hesitate to take any sides really. I think that um Mistress and Lux were making jokes that and playing games that I think if Lucy were a little less uptight in that moment could have really affected her a lot less. Mm -hmm. I think that mm -hmm. Lucy was sort of taking things really, really seriously, taking things at face value and not having a great sense of humor about what was happening. Um, that other side of the coin is I think Mistress is sort of like a cat playing with a mouse with most people mm -hmm. and really enjoys playing with her prey. Um, so it, it it really does feel like there are no heroes in this mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. That is a that's a great answer. Yeah. Well, I do what I think that you were a hero for pulling out the measuring tape um, again <laughs> to measure well, and and to say nothing of the fact that Lux really does have a sense of humor about herself and yeah. um, you know she jokes about being self absorbed because she sees it and she understands what other people see and and can laugh about it as well. And so she and I actually had a conversation. You know what? I lied. Lux and I had a conversation about 40 inch gate prior to the reunion oh. because I told her, you know, Lux, I understand that this is probably super annoying for you. I understand that you hear about this way more than you'd like to. Unfortunately, I was on 
you know, barely any of this season. And 40 Inch Gate is sort of my only storyline. So it's going to come up at the reunion for me. And I'm going to have to lean into it a little bit. I hope that that's okay with you. And you can see that I'm just trying to mm-hmm. get some funny moments into the reunion. And she was like, of course, I totally get it. And that's why when I did pull out the tape measure, we were able to go back and forth and have a good time. Yeah, I mean, Lux lives for good TV, and I know you do too. And I think it was a really good moment. So you did tell her that you were going to bring the tape. I told her I was going to bring the tape measure. Yeah. Great, great. Um, well, what did you think of her not bringing the wig? Of course, she didn't bring the wig. She doesn't want that shit measured on camera. <laughs> so there was, was there any? I know that you did. So we see you me- like pulling out the tape on set too. So, like, did you actually at any point ever measure this for real? Not with an official tape measure, but I will say I truly believe that in the moment Lux thought the wig was 40 inches and it wasn't until she got to watch the footage back that she realized that she had been scammed. <laughs> I think one of my uh, my uh, podcast co-host who is not with us on the podcast today did have an interesting theory. She said, or not a theory, but a suggestion. She was like, she would have died if Lux would have shown up with a wig that was like 90 inches long. And I was like, okay, here, measure it. I was like, yes, I thought she was golden. going to. I thought yeah. that Lux was going to pull. But you know what? The real star of the reunion was Sasha Colby's ponytail. That was 65 inches. Yes, yes. And that look, and I didn't even, it took me a while to realize that her whole look was basically like she remixed the look that she did um, in the lip sync with Anitra. I didn't Unafraid to reference first. or not reference. That's exactly what I said. I said that exact same thing, I think, in the recap on this podcast earlier. Um, that was, I thought it was great. I, I thought I, re- I really loved uh, pretty much all the looks on the reunion. Um, but yours, again, yours was stunning. Tell me a little bit more about that look because it was like trying to figure out what the hell it was made out of. Like, I mean, what, what was going on with this look? Yeah, so that look was actually hand-sculpted leather uh, made by a non-binary artist named Constance, who goes by at Lyrific um, on Instagram. And they actually made my first runway look, my only runway look that I wore on the show as well, that black leather Geiger inspired thing. So mm-hmm. I sort of wanted to put a bookend on the season. And I started mm-hmm. with this, this look um, that was made out of leather and I wanted to finish as well. Um, especially because when I was wearing the first look, I realized a little too late that it was pretty difficult to move in and even more difficult to perform in. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reunion is a perfect place to wear something that's difficult to move in because we don't have to move. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, this brings up an interesting point for me because I, you know, your runways have been the, the ones that you posted on Instagram were just so good. And you know, I hear a lot of the Queens saying too, that they were really surprised that you went home first and you have built up such a devoted following online. Thanks to in part, thanks to those incredible unused runways and how incredibly funny you are on social media, in your shows, you've won over a significant following of this fan base. So I just wonder if there is like an unavoidable conflict or an inherent frustration with that sort of seeing how organically fans are drawn to you and support you. But then just that frustration of just, you know, going home first. Oh, well, first of all, thank you for saying all of that. Mm -hmm. That's very, very sweet. I appreciate that a whole lot. Um, I am incredibly frustrated by the fact that I went home first. I'm incredibly frustrated that uh, my talent show didn't go off. Well, I'm incredibly frustrated Every time someone on the internet says something nice about me and then adds, but that talent show sucked as a Mm. caveat, or I'll see a comment that says, we'd love to have her back. And there's 10 replies saying why that talent show sucked. It's heartbreaking to be judged by this one minute, basically, of intense public failure. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I also see the camp in that i see the delightful mockery of how seriously some people take this life in that mm-hmm. um i i with my close personal friends love to joke about the glass of water bit anytime we see a glass of water we scream and go triggered <laughs> because it is just so silly and you know I think that the biggest thing for me about going home first was it sort of 
um, flew in the face of what I believed about myself, which is that I'm a star. And to see that despite that, I have organically proven to people that I'm a star without an entire season of the show as a vehicle to communicate who I am as a person. I had one night and my social media and that's it. And it's still paid off really shows me what how intense my star power is yeah and i i don't mean that to say that therefore i have value i just mean my star power as a tool you know i I can use that tool to generate my own success going forward Mm -hmm. and luckily i said this on the runway they didn't air it but i wanted to go on drag race when i was younger because i wanted to be a full-time drag queen and in the process of trying to get good enough at drag to get on drag race drag became my full-time job i mm-hmm. i achieved my goal without ever being on drag race not to say it wasn't because of drag race but i didn't need to go on and so when i finally did get the call it sort of felt like i was just taking a victory lap you know mm-hmm. i'd already achieved my dream and of course my dream can get bigger and i can make more money and i can play to bigger stages but my goal was always just to make a living off of my art. And I've been doing that since 2018. So as long as other people can see me for the way I see myself, I'm okay. Yeah. And I think that it's also important for people to, especially people who watch the show to understand, you know, that worth is not determined by as much as we all love drag race and love watching it and love cheering on our favorite Queens and get invested in the whole narrative of the show. It's it's very important to understand that there are people behind the people that you see represented on TV and the worth extends beyond just a placement or a number on Drag Race because this is an art form that people live and breathe by. So, and I think that, yeah, you are a great example of that, that the number on the show does not define the artist and it does not determine the artist's worth. So I am curious to know what you have coming up after the show, have you sort of planned out what the rest of the year looks like for you in terms of what you want to do? Quite the opposite, actually. I um, I have no idea what I want. Um, You're quitting drag with Poppy. No, definitely not <laughs> quitting drag. But I, I've been traveling a lot the past few months since the show um, started airing. I've been somewhere basically every weekend. And I'm learning that that lifestyle is really brutal and maybe not what I'm looking for at this time in my life. I really enjoy, you know, meeting new people and going to different places, but doing it constantly is just so exhausting. And I'm very, very happy with my life in Seattle. I really love everything about it. And to have to leave that life on a weekly basis has been really, really difficult. So, yeah. Um, kind of shaping my reality around being in Seattle more often and trying to figure out how to elevate my craft in terms of what I'm producing, what I'm presenting and where I'm presenting it. Mm-hmm. There are, are, I've been a bar queen for a really long time. I've also been a brunch queen for a really long time. And I think it's about time that I move into a more, uh, let's say sophisticated venue for, you know, the time being. Okay, so from brunch to dinner theater. Oh, honey, I've already done dinner theater. I'm talking about regular theater. I know, yes. I would, yes, I cannot wait to see whatever you choose to do next because I know it's going to be great. Um, The last thing, just to wrap up this whole discussion on the reunion, um, do you have a personal favorite moment or from filming that day of the reunion? Oh, uh, yes, I do, actually. Um, So before we got started, Rue sat down, and I think she must have been a little hoarse. It was early in the morning. And uh, she asked for a cup of hot water. And Raven brought her the cup of hot water. And she and I were seated right next to each other, as you saw on camera. (laughs) Uh And she sipped the hot water and went, "Mm, that is so good. And I leaned over to her and I went, if you like that, I have got a recipe for some ice water <laughs> that I think you would love. And she went, Oh, you know, I'll have to try that. Oh, I can't tell if you're serious or not. Oh, Joey, I'm 100% <laughs> serious. That happened. <laughs> I love that. I would have died if the, if the response was, Oh, I love that drink. Like Jessica Wilde realness. <laughs> that's, that's how it played in my mind. <laughs> oh, I love that. 
Irene, it is always such a pleasure to talk with you again. Cannot wait to see what you do um, in the months ahead. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Joey. Have a good one. Well, that is it for our reunion recap. We will be back Tuesday to share all of our feelings about the season 15 finale. But before that, we've got a special weekend surprise for you. The very first interview with our newest crown queen recorded right after the finale viewing and dropping on our feed this Sunday. So make sure you are subscribed because you do not want to miss it. And while you're subscribing, please also rate and review us right now to help us climb out of this bathroom stall and up the iTunes and Spotify charts. (laughs) We have lots of fun stuff coming your way even after the season ends. Until next time, pissy kissness America. I didn't get it. Pissy kissness. Pissy kissness America. Quick Drag is hosted and produced by Joey Nolte and Jillian Cedarholm, produced and edited by Sammy Junio, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson. This weather, cloudy weather. Ooh. We were left with our cup, teacups 